If we're not reading the Bible through Jesus and we're taking everything as equal and giving everything uh, the same weight and taking it at its face value, the Bible's an incoherent text. How can you say, listen to the cries of the poor without looking at what makes them poor? You don't have to believe certain things to be part. The irony is that you can be pro-guns, pro-death penalty, pro-military, anti-environment, and still say you're pro-life. But people get really uncomfortable. It's like they want to have their religion and they want to have their porn. They want to do both. I don't think any form of Christianity deserves to survive and thrive if it doesn't come to terms with the racism of our past. When we really tell the story of Jesus, we find a God who comes to the point where it has all collapsed. If a good teacher is to get a student to get the right answers on the test, and if Jesus was supposed to get us to get the right answer for when we die, then can we just be honest and say, not a good teacher? It is summer, and what better to do with summertime than focus on getting in shape and getting your health in check. Best way to do that is with Angie Niska at Rise Nutrition, who sponsors all of these wonderful Jesus Never Ran podcasts. You can find her on Facebook at Rise Menominee. That is Rise with a Z. Hey friends, I am your host, Matt Kinzer. Going to do something a little different today. We are going to discuss a brand new documentary that just came out called Pray Away, put out by Multitude Films, talking about conversion therapy. Oh boy, this is going to be good. So excited to talk about Pray Away. So a day before this podcast is airing on August 3rd, 2021, Multitude Films put out a documentary. It's on Netflix and it's called Pray Away. And what it is, is it's a show that's documenting and discussing Christian conversion therapy. And there's several people that are interviewed in the documentary. Some of them are people that used to be big supporters of Christian conversion therapy. Others are people who were deeply affected by it. Some are people who are still big supporters of conversion therapy to this day, which was super fascinating. So we really got a wide variety of thoughts, of perspectives. And what I love about what they did is they just kind of let people's voices speak for themselves. So as opposed to taking a certain bent on things, although it certainly comes across that way, they kind of allow the show to unfold by the voices of the people that are in it. Now, Multitude Films is an LGBTQ-led independent production company, and their mission is that they are dedicated to telling nonfiction stories by and about underrepresented communities. That's a great mission, I think. Now, I was super excited to watch this, and I can I can promise you it did not disappoint. Conversion therapy is that it's that thing that was rarely, at least in, in my life, it was rarely talked about openly in Christian circles, although I think most people certainly knew it was there. And it was, and honestly still is, this tool in the back pocket of most evangelical pastors. It has been for many, many years. And I likely don't need to tell you this, but conversion therapy is rooted in the idea that being gay or really being anything other than straight is a sin. And because God is against it, again, in this thought process, and because God is all-powerful, he can change people's sexual orientation. So that's really what it's rooted in. And isn't it amazing that 
evangelical leaders who were and still are predominantly straight men chose this, chose being anti-LGBTQ as like one of their main hills to die on. It's like, well, let's put our stake in the ground on a reality that is not and never will be a part of my own personal story. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And also, let's throw an abortion because that also is something I am personally never going to have to deal with because I'm a straight man. So in response to the film, I just, as I was watching, I was just jotting down some thoughts. And if you watched it, or if you do watch it in the future, I am certain that you will have some of your own thoughts as well. And many of them may be things that aren't discussed here today. So when you have some of these thoughts, if and when you watch the movie, you should watch the movie. Figure it out. Have a Netflix party somewhere and watch Pray Away. But if you do have some of your own ideas and thoughts as you're watching it, please share them on Instagram at Jesus Never Ran or on Facebook. I would love to hear from you and really get a dialogue going on this. Either post right on one of the posts about this episode or you can feel free to message me directly. All right, let's jump in, shall we? In response to this documentary and to the reality of the oppression of the LGBTQ plus community by faith groups, first and foremost, I think it is really important for us to spend some time lamenting. Now, lamenting, I apologize, that's a very churchy word, right? It's a very Christian-y word, and some of us cringe a little bit when we hear some of those words. It's also the title of one of the books of the Old Testament of the Bible. But it's a word that's so important when discussing something like this. We have to lament this atrocity that so many of us have been a part of in some way, shape, or form. Now, lamenting, my definition of lamenting in the simplest form simply means passionate sorrow. So being passionately sorrowful about a certain situation or a certain reality. And also that we experience that sorrow in part by setting aside our normalcy for a while in order to digest and reflect on the reality of what has happened or what in this case still is happening. There's this one point in the Old Testament of the Bible when the Israelites are exiled through military powers. They're pushed out of their land. And remember, this was their promised land, the land that they believed God promised them. And they were pushed out of that land. And there's this point when some of them were, I believe they were sitting by a river. And it said that they hung up their harps and lamented. And I love that part that they add in there that they hung up their harps because a harp was something that brought music and joy. And what this was saying is that we hang up what brings us joy and happiness so that we can focus on being passionately sorrowful and digesting what has just happened to us. So when we're faced with the reality of this Christian conversion therapy, which, by the way, is still legal in more than half of the states in this country. So this isn't a problem that was in the past. This isn't a a documentary just about what has happened. It's also a documentary about what is happening. And so in light of that, at the end of the documentary, they put up two statistics. The first is that over 700,000 people in our country have been a part of conversion therapy. That's a huge number. And second, that people who go through conversion therapy have twice as high of a suicide rate than people who do not. And those are numbers worth taking note of. Again, that's right from the documentary Pray Away by Multitude Films. 
So again, in response to this reality of what conversion therapy has done to people, it's really important that we take some space and time to hang up for a while things that bring us joy in order to allow sorrow to reverberate in our bodies. A friend of mine shared with me a podcast, this idea of sitting in our sorrow, sitting in our hurt and allowing it to reverberate in our bodies. Because I need to tell you, and I hope most of you are not like this, but I'm sure some of you are. My natural tendency is to avoid, 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 avoid. And what I'm doing is I'm trying to protect myself from hurt. But what I'm hopeful for as I become older and wiser and more mature is that I can learn to sit in my sorrow and I can learn to allow this hurt and this sadness to reverberate in my body so then I can be more equipped to move forward to hopefully be a part of the solution. And so my avoidance when it comes to hurt is just not helpful. And one of my favorite quotes, and I'm going to paraphrase it here. I'm sure I'm not getting it exactly right, but it's from Mr. Rogers' mother who always told him that when things get hard, look for the helpers. And when I avoid hurt and pain and difficult situations, that's not helpful. It's quite the opposite. The easy thing to do is just to continue on with life as normal and almost pretend like everything is fine. And it may very well feel fine to you if you are not the person being hurt due to the toxic nature of these things within our religious systems. It might feel fine to you if you're not the one getting hurt. However, it is not fine for humanity as a whole. In the New Testament of the Bible, it says that when one hurts, we all suffer. The Bishop Desmond Tutu writes about an African word, which is Ubuntu, which simply refers to we. It's not about how I am doing. It's about Ubuntu. It's about how we are doing. We, my friends, are not doing well. We are hurting. So the right, good, and helpful thing to do is to feel the sorrow, to identify the pain and trauma that has been caused, and trust for better, and to sit in it for a while, to lament. People have died because of conversion therapy. Lament. My second thought in response to the Pray Away documentary is to repent. And I know, I know, repent and lament rhyme. That was not my intention, but I can assure you that I'm not trying to be cute, just simply honest. Now, repent is a word reserved for sinners. And I identify with Paul, who says, I am the worst. Many times in my life, I feel like the worst sinner in the world. I'm sure we all do at different times, right? Now, I'm not one who adheres to self-pity or a woe-is-me type of attitude. Quite the opposite. I really tend to be, you know, a glass-half-full type of person, if anything, to a fault. But there's definitely a time to repent, to turn around when we identify an area of our life where we are at fault. And as I watched the documentary, it was really tempting, really tempting to want to villainize those leaders who have promoted or are promoting anti-gay rhetoric by promoting conversion therapy. It was tempting to point the finger and say, they are the problem. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. There's most certainly space for this on some level to hold people accountable as a way to to really attempt to not see something like this happen again with the LGBTQ plus community or really with any other people group for that matter. However, when looking for a solution, and again, this is universal. This is not just for this situation. When looking for a solution, or when looking for someone to blame, the very first place that we have to look is within ourselves. Now, I personally used to be on church staffs that were anti-gay and that were in favor of conversion therapy. So by accepting a position and by accepting a paycheck for years, I'm also accepting and in some ways condoning their beliefs and behaviors. So even if I didn't believe it, we did, right? I'm a part of the whole. So even if I personally would say that I didn't believe it, I was willingly putting myself in a space where the belief structure was anti-LGBTQ plus in this situation. I represented that system and therefore I also represented that belief. Very early in my evangelical journey when I was in college, I remember defending the stance of homosexuality being a sin in a conversation with another college student. All of my conversations to the contrary do not automatically free me from the need to repent from that one conversation. I've been in many situations, many conversations where I have been upfront correcting people when they've made off-color anti-gay jokes and comments. But here's the thing, I've also been in many settings where I heard them and I remained silent. Why is repentance so important? Especially if we no longer do any of these things? Because we might be thinking, well, I don't need to repent. I don't think that way anymore. Well, it's so that we don't allow anything like this to happen again. And so we identify something that used to be a part of us and we look at our lives again to make sure that we're not doing anything just like it in a different form. Remember in our last podcast where I talked about how toxic patterns repeat themselves? We tend to do different versions of the same kind of thing. So sure, because I'm super passionate about this now, I can't imagine any of what I shared or was a part of happening again, but I still need to repent and ask myself, am I repeating any toxic patterns with other people groups? Here we go. How am I doing, for example, with evangelicals? I speak pretty harshly against them in this this podcast. So how am I doing in my heart in regard to evangelicals or with Republicans or with porn addicts, or you fill in the blank. How are we doing with any group of people that we're engaging with? Are we responding in love? Or am I responding the same way that I used to respond, at least for a short period of time, to the LGBTQ plus community? That is why we need to repent. Third thing to think about is simply that if we remain silent, injustice tends to continue especially I think when dealing with issues of faith, because it's really easy, if we're honest, it's really easy to get lured into the thought that the experts up front know best so that if they say what the Bible has to say and they're trained in how to read the Bible, I should just keep my mouth shut because they must know what they're talking about because they have a bunch of degrees on their wall and seminary certificates or whatever. First of all, It is important that we remember that what we are talking about here is the divine, the divine mystery, which is not 
I repeat, is not meant to be understood. And we also have to take note that everyone, including myself, including you, has their biases. We all have our biases. So we're talking about the divine, this grand mystery, and we're talking about it with our own personal biases. Just because a university or denomination says something is true doesn't make it true. Just because masses are going along with something doesn't make it right. That's why they call it mob mentality. And here, I should cite everything from the Holocaust to the Rwandan genocide to slavery in America. Just because people are going along with it does not mean it's automatically right. If people are being oppressed in the name of God, well, then there is certainly something wrong, period. Oppression in this case, talking about pray away, oppression in this case means people are not afforded equality simply due to who they are, simply due to their sexual identity. So how should we stand up to this oppression? Because even just saying that, it's like, well, where do I start? What do I do? So let's take it in context of a, of a church setting, because that's in large part what the documentary is about. We start by doing it as lovingly and as honestly as possible. The easy thing to do is just get on social media and start firing away. I don't think that's very loving. I think it often has a huge bias to it, and I'm not so sure that it's all that honest in many cases. So we can start with whoever the person is that you heard saying or demonstrating the thing that was oppressive. Try just going up and setting up a time to talk with that person and share your thoughts and share your concerns. See how that goes. We live in this culture that's often so scared of that type of dialogue because it's hard, right? But it's so good and it's so important. Usually hard things are good. Usually good things are hard. <laughs> so if you start with that person, they, they're not buying it. They're not believing what you say to be truthful in, in any way. And they just dismiss you or, again, just don't believe what you're saying. You know, that is the point. Just keep going down the line. Go talk to a pastor. Go talk to the elder board and express your thoughts there. If that group dismisses them, then is a point when we simply start talking openly about whatever that oppressive thing is that we're seeing. Talk just with people that you know. Just start seeing if you're alone or if there's other people that are sharing your same sentiments. And then go ahead and use whatever platform you have to speak out against injustice. All of us have different platforms. All of us have different people who look up to us. So use whatever we have to speak out against injustice. One of my heroes is a man named Diedrich Bonhoeffer, and during World War II, he had access to a radio station. So he used that platform to boldly and bravely speak up against the atrocities of Nazi Germany. Now, that radio station was shut down, Bonhoeffer was arrested, and he was eventually killed, but his actions mobilized thousands of people at the time. And I'm guessing that as he walked to the gallows, he had very few regrets, knowing that he gave everything he had, even his life, fighting against oppression. If we remain silent, injustice will continue. When we're talking about conversion therapy, that is part of what has happened. People didn't speak up against it, and still to this day, it's going on. Final thing I'm going to talk about, I could talk about this documentary all day long, so I should give myself some limitations. But the final thing is that I just want us to consider how we can be better. 
what good is speaking against oppressive systems if we don't have any better ideas? I work for an anti-trafficking organization called Fierce Freedom. And I remember when I first came in, I looked at their logo and I said, I don't think this logo really represents what's going on in this organization. <laughs> and the executive director looked at me and she said, well, if you have a better idea, feel free to show it to me. And I didn't, I didn't have a better idea. But again, what good is speaking out against oppressive systems if we don't have any better ideas to try? Now, as Christians, we look back at our history and we see a lot of really terrible things. But here's the thing. It's also important that when we look back, we also see the good that has been created in response to the oppression that was done in the name of God. So as we villainize the white pastors standing at the feet of lynching victims, let us also not forget the white pastors marching, getting beaten and killed during the civil rights movement. As we villainize the anti-gay pastors spitting out sermons about non-straight people going to hell, let's also remember Greg Paul, who's a past guest on this show. He used to be an evangelical pastor when this was going on, and he would sit with AIDS victims as they were dying. Not to preach at them, but just simply to be with them. Friends, there has to be better ways to practice our faith. There has to be ways to seek the divine without being oppressive to other people groups. There has to be a better way. So let's work together to find these ways and to engage in them with all of our hearts. In my home state of Wisconsin, I am unaware of a non-mainline church that's open and affirming. I mean, there may be one, but I'm telling you, I've looked several times. Here we are in 2021. And we don't have a better option than a bunch of non-affirming churches. There's not any other option. Nobody's standing up and saying, hey, let's try something. I mean, there's got to be better ways to practice our faith. Maybe the answer isn't in churches. And honestly, I don't know. I'm not sure how many LGBTQ plus brothers and sisters are even all that interested in going in churches after so much oppression that have, has been experienced. I mean, so I even have some of my own thoughts and ideas of things that we can certainly engage in that don't look like church. And I'm extremely hopeful that you do as well. And together, as we support each other and as we watch these ideas unfold, my hope is that there will be space for everyone. During the documentary, there's a woman who used to be heavily involved in conversion therapy and was even a spokesperson for it, but she shares about this time when she was struggling so much because she felt that who she actually was was this sinful, horrible thing to be. And she talked about numbing the pain by burning herself. She'd burn lines into her shoulder. It's just this heart-wrenching part of the documentary. And then there's this point at the end of the documentary, and they don't draw any attention to it. You actually have to be looking pretty close to even see it. But she's getting married to her now wife, and she's wearing a sleeveless dress. And if you, if you look close enough, it shows her arm just in passing. And you can see these scars that are just in a line on her shoulder. And it's like this moment when I saw it where it's like, that is just such a representation of how we can overcome hardship and hurt on our way to freedom, love, and wholeness. Friends, please go watch Pray Away. It's on Netflix right now. 
Make sure you check it out. Tell all of your friends about it. Let me know what you thought about it. But please take the time to watch it. It is well worth the hour and 40 minutes. And then as you engage in this conversation with people who are close to you, just see what comes out and see what kind of dialogue happens because often that is the beginning of whatever might be next. And if you happen to encounter someone who's been hurt by the oppression of religious systems, just follow the advice of one of our former guests, Jennifer Knapp, who last year simply said, just love the hell out of them. For more on Multitude Films, just simply go to multitudefilms.com and you can see all the work that they're engaging with. Of course, if you want to support this podcast, simply subscribe to it, give it a five-star rating, and write a review.